I've heard that song before. My name is Joe Hunter, and in studio today we have as our guest legendary Cleveland saxophonist, composer, and band leader Ernie Krivda. Welcome. Hello, Joe. Well, we've asked Ernie to pick a tune from the Great American Songbook to uh, explore some various renditions of it. And uh, what have you chosen for us, Ernie? I'd like to see what could be done with a great Gershwin tune, Love Walked In. A later Gershwin tune. Yes, it is. I believe this was from the Golden Follies, I think the last work he... 1928 or something? No, I think it's 1938. 1938, yes. I think he died... Pretty soon. ...right around that era. Before we get started today, Ernie, could you tell us a little bit about the various projects that you're involved with? I know you have several, many that I'm involved with personally. <laughs> yes, you are. yes, you are. You're in at least a couple of them, I know. Of course, there's the Fat Tuesday Big Band, and there is this kind of a small group offshoot of it, which is Swing City, and I have a quintet that plays basically my original music, whereas the other groups are more dedicated to the American song. And I have a new project called the Orchestra Omnibus, which deals with my compositions that I do for a larger kind of contingent And I just like to do a lot of things. I like actually so many different kinds of music that sometimes it's embarrassing. And I need outlets for these things that I love and therefore need to express because I love them. So I have a variety of groups that do a variety of things. And some that focus on the American song. Oh, absolutely. The group Swing City that you Mm -hmm. play with, that's what we do. As a matter of fact, it's through Swing City that I was first exposed to George Gershwin's Love Walked In. That's right. We've done that tune a few times. Okay, before we ask you why you're so fond of this song, why don't we listen to something from the original cast recording. This is Kenny Baker from 1938 Goldwyn Follies doing Love Walked In. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm really eager to hear the roots of this song. Nothing seemed to matter anymore Think of that, Ernie. Well, the jazz man in me, of course, said, boy, that is really some old-time corny stuff. But the sentimental guy in me just loves that. 
It's beautifully done by a great Broadway tenor demonstrating an extraordinary range. Absolutely. One of the things that's so unusual about this tune is that it demands this extraordinary kind of voice to pull that kind of it thing does. off. It does. It's such a soaring, Absolutely. sweeping it, melody. You know, if you let it, you let yourself go with it, it'll hit you right in the heart. Absolutely. Now, Ernie, I know you grew up in a house where there was a lot of these great songs being played. Do you recall the first time you got exposed to this? I song? don't remember exactly the first time I heard this tune. The variations on this tune are kind of blending together in my mind. But actually, this particular version that we just heard would be kind of like the first introduction, like in movies, old black and whites, which I'm very fond of and grew up with, I would have probably heard it somewhere in there. And it's a, kind of an unusual thing for a jazz musician, but I am a sentimental sort. <laughs> and, and, and I like tunes that touch the heart and performances that touch the heart. And Kenny Baker is one of the great old Broadway tenors. And that's what that was all about. That's the fundamental of what that tune was supposed to be at that time. But the strength of these tunes is that they're meant to be performed. That's the nature of the American song. There was something kind of implicit that there wasn't going to be just one person doing it. That these songs could go out into the world and be performed by a variety of artists. Well, speaking of which, why don't we hear another artist do a rendition of the song? I think it's in keeping with the romantic ballad character of the song. This is Errol Garner, a pianist I know we're both very fond of. This comes from 1949, one of his Savoy recordings with Alvin Stroller on drums and John Sims on bass. This is Errol Garner on piano doing George Gershwin's Love Walked In. Oh, great. This is an example of a great instrumentalist doing his version of what was originally meant to be a vocal piece. stops on this one. He's already interpreting the melodies that jazz man does, but he's keeping the romantic yeah. flow of the momentum going. Thing into the picture. With his heart firmly planted oh, on his sleeve. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> 
taking the last eight out of here. George Gershwin's Love Walked In. That was beautiful. It was a musician that has always had a great sense of the dramatic, that understands a performance is drama, and he delivers that in the grand romantic tradition of the piano. Absolutely. Unapologetically romantic. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful song. Yes. In so many ways. Well, Ernie, I thought we would contrast these two versions that we've heard with a song that represents some of the really schmaltzy... <laughs> ballad playing of the 1950s. This is a classic singing group, The Flamingos, recorded in 1959, and I'm very curious to hear what your reaction is going to be to this particular rendition. Play on. familiar 50s production techniques that were here.
have loved walked in by the flamingos bathed in reverb. <laughs> there was a rather unfortunate introduction there. I'm not particularly fond of that. However, what was going on at this particular time is looking for romantic material for, you know, slow dancing. Because mm -hmm. kids wanted to slow dance. So they're looking for beautiful songs. And some of the groups founded, for example, Smoke It's In Your Eyes. Right, that was that. Yeah, right? Coming out of the tradition of like the ink spots. Mm -hmm. Now, if you hear the little spoken word in this thing, you know, darling, you know that the low, the bass gets to mm -hmm. say a little commentary in there. But see, once again, the tune is strong. The dramatic impact remains intact no matter with all these unfortunate production Well, the techniques. whistling on the front end, you know, it reminded me of the horror movies from the 50s. It sounded like a theremin. Do you remember that? that they would use for right. all the horror movies. Right, That's right. what the whistling that brought it was so wide on that intro. I thought it sounded like a theremin. There was a famous radio and then television show called The Whistler uh -huh. that kind of conjured that up. So whistling in the 50s was big. And they did sort of, I want to say dumbed down, but they, Sort of really simplified some of the harmonies and took some liberties with the melody. Well, everybody's taken liberties with the melodies. Even true, true. Errol Garner's taken liberties. True. That's the American way. That's part of the interpretation. See, it's coming out of the R&B thing or gospel kind Correct. of groups, right. which use much simpler harmonies. So I'm not surprised at all that they chose the tune because of its dramatic impact. I mean, it's funny to listen to it. So you would say this has a dated sound. It belongs to that particular time. I don't think it transcends the time, like, say, smoke, it's in your eyes. Well, I thought for our next version, we would really contrast that one pretty dramatically, and I think it's going to be something that you're familiar with, your rendition of Love Walked In by George Gershwin. Well, I am familiar with that. Yes, yes I am. It's off of one of your albums, the album you made with pianist Bill Dobbins, an album called The Art of the Ballad. Would you like to tell us a little bit about sure, that? Sure, sure. You see, one of the strengths of these tunes, there's layers of substance to them and they can serve many different purposes there was the place in the show you heard kenny baker singing this great dramatic ballad that had his place in the dramatic events of the show then you had errol garner giving his version now he's recalling the dramatic sweep of the song that was very familiar to him not 10 years old at the time then the flamingos looking for a love song of substance to do for some slow dancing they have that. Now, a jazz musician looks for different things in the song. This jazz musician looks for, really enjoys, a great melody. I love to have a great melody in a tune because I like to approach that point as a singer myself. What my horn is my voice, but the tune, first of all, has that great melody. Then the form of the song has tremendous dramatic momentum. Great for development. A jazz musician, as you know, mm -hmm. wants things that they can develop into a longer performance. Just as the flamingos chose to do away with some of the harmonic implications that Gershwin had. Ah, in the tune. exactly. Right? So the jazz musician likes to put in some effective reharmonization. Augment. Uh, augment. Right. And one thing about this particular tune, this is later Gershwin. This is well after the Rhapsody in Blue. This is after the preludes. This is the Gershwin that had been studying with Maurice Ravel that was caught up in advanced European classical music. And so this was a musician that was blossoming that was still writing shows, and thank God he did, and he wrote this great tune, but it had a lot of substance in it for jazz musicians to sink his teeth into and develop. Well, and it sounds as if you and Bill have reinterpreted a couple of the chord changes very effectively without losing the character of the piece at all. 
I'm familiar with these chord changes because we've played it together right. a lot, of, and I'm very fond of them, but it's an interesting, as we said, augmentation of the original chord progression. Yes, for you harmonically astute out Absolutely. there, there's this little chromatic change on the third and fourth measure Look of the tune. For, exactly. <laughs> Look for the, the third measure of the tune. <laughs> well, why don't we listen to Ernie Krivda and Bill Dobbins from a 1995 release on Koch Jazz label. This is called The Art of the Ballad, and we're going to hear them do George Gershwin's Love Walked In. more like Bud Powell than I've heard him. This creeps in pervasive influence.
live performance. you're just tuning in that was our guest Ernie Krivda playing with pianist Bill Dobbins and that was their rendition of 
George Gershwin's Love Walked In. Very nice. I enjoyed that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Once again, the tune has so much substance to it. There's this beautiful melody. There's this very rich harmonic progressions. It's wonderful for what the jazz musician looks for. Absolutely. And that's to develop. And the performance reflected the traditions of the great jazz instrumentalists who I always feel you can tell they know the lyric and that performance reflected that as well as some as we might say shredding I mean really tore up those chord changes there a lot of very fast double time playing so we had both things working very very nicely and it was a big departure from everything we've heard in that there was an inherent swing Right. Well, keep in mind, this tune was written when swing was the rhythm. So the tune lends itself to that. And it's also the jazz band's kind of mandate, at least for me growing up in the particular era that I grew up in, that you kind of look to do that. So you want to project, even though there's no drums, there's no bass, piano and horn, you're still looking to be swinging and having a swinging approach to playing the things that you play. Yes, absolutely. So Ernie, that was obviously recorded live. Where was that done? That was recorded at Lakeland Community College, actually at their summer camp, their summer jazz camp. I think 1994. Yes, I know. We know that camp. We've both been uh, instructors at that camp. Yes, we have. (laughs) Wow. And you and Bill Dobbins have played many times over the years. We've played many times. We have a relationship that goes back to the late 1960s. I met him at a jam session at the Highlander, and I think that was in 1968. Huh. And Bill is currently at Eastman, is that correct? After spending many years in Cologne, Germany, directing the Cologne Radio Orchestra over there, Jazz Orchestra. Well, it was certainly evident from the recording that you are very simpatico to each other. Yeah, people have always said that. I've noticed it, too. We don't see each other often. We get together, oh, two two, three times during the decade, and each time it's like we just pick up from where we left off before. (laughs) Well, that's certainly evident on the entire CD that you made with Bill, and again, that's from the Art of the Ballad on Koch Jazz, Ernie Krivda, and Bill Dobbins. And we've been listening to various takes of George Gershwin's Love Walked In. So, Ernie, I thought we would take a listen to this 1961 Frank Sinatra version of it from an album titled Swing Along With Me on Reprise, and I think we're going to enjoy this. I don't actually remember this, so I'm really anxious to hear this, because this is one of the great interpreters of the American song, singing it. This is stuff is his meat. I'm just anxious to hear how he does it. Absolutely. Why don't we listen to Frank Sinatra with Billy May and his orchestra doing George Gershwin's Love Walked In. Love walked right in and drove the shadows away Love walked right in and brought my sunniest day One magic moment and my heart seemed to know That love said hello Though not a word was spoken One look And I forgot the gloom of the past One look And I had found my future at last One look And I had found a world completely new when love walked in with you Phrasing is so magical One 
magic moment And my heart seemed to know That love said hello Though not a word was spoken I like the way he sings that flat fifth there too, not a word. Billy May is having some fun with these chords too. (laughs) (laughs) One look and I had found a world completely new when love walked in with you. most inventive arrangers there, Billy May, but Frank, like the way Kenny Baker used the range of the song and certain aspects of the song to deliver the performance originally, Frank breaks down the lyrical phrasing Story. and makes it happen in a totally different way, using swinging, by the way, oh. as another part of the package. And once again, showing the various layers of substance in this particular song. Extremely inventive arrangement. Oh, yeah, really yeah, right. Yeah. Extremely. We were talking about how jazz musicians would like to explore the harmonic palette of a song. And boy, didn't he ever. Yes, he did. <laughs> and those flat fives were really brought out. Frank really laid into those. And not a word was spoken. You know, really, you would become really aware that there's something bluesy about them almost. Oh, yeah. Really wonderful that record. That was a great performance of a yes. great tune. Again, that was Frank Sinatra from his 1961 record, Swing Along With Me on Reprise, with arrangements by Billy May. And we have a special mystery tune for you. Ah. And this tune is related to the song we've been listening to for the show, Love Walked In by George Gershwin. Because this also comes from the same show, The Goldwyn Follies from 1938. And my understanding is this is, in fact, George Gershwin's last song that he composed. Okay. So I think you know this quite well. This is, of course, Our Love is Here to Stay. And I thought it would be appropriate to listen to this performed by another wonderful jazz tenor saxophonist, who I'm sure you're familiar with. This comes from a great album that I've just recently discovered. Ben Webster with Strings. Aha. Wonderful record Wonderful. Uh, with Ralph Burns doing the arrangements. 1955 recording on Verve. I think he made two records during the 50s. One was called Music with Feeling, and the second one was Music for Loving. <laughs> right. <laughs> ben could make you feel like that. Absolutely. So why don't we hear this great George Gershwin tune entitled Our Love is Here to Stay. Identifiable. 
that was beautiful. And it was beautiful because tune is beautiful and because Ben is beautiful. This is a particular genre that great jazz musician with strings. And this particular area is always a concern to the jazz critic who never really got it because they're always looking for something else and failing to see or hear actually what was there. And what you have is a great musical personality doing what was needed for that particular situation was, was to play the melody beautifully. And didn't it seem that Ralph had such a feel for Ben Webster's style, Ralph Burns, the arranger, he kept utilizing all these sort of scoops with the strings. Right. Ah, everything yeah. kind of scooping up into the pitch. It was really interesting. And Ben blended so beautifully, and you know he's a Duke Ellington guy. You can hear a little bit of the Johnny Hodges influence, oh. actually, using the upper part of his horn, which you don't usually associate with Ben Webster. But he's such a beautiful balladeer. Mm. I mean, one of these guys, he just can play a phrase and just melt you. That was I know beautiful. he had a reputation for being a rather tough guy, but everybody who knew him said he was really kind of a softy at heart, you know. Well, that uh, was evident. It, oh, that absolutely. Really a romantic spirit there. Well, it's been a pleasure having you in the studio today. Thank you, Ernie. Oh, great fun. Great fun, Joe. And, of course, today we were listening to George Gershwin's Loved Walked In, which is what we do every week here on I've Heard That Song Before, where we take a classic American song and look at various renditions of it. Until the next time, my name is Joe Hunter, and you're listening to I've Heard That Song Before. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths, and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.